0: I do believe that I have, you know, a word from the Lord, um, something that we um, deal with in life. And and I think God wants to show us how to grow from it. So last time I spoke, I spoke about um, just talking about um, the cancel culture and how um, that God is the ultimate counselor. um, And we don't want that. We don't want to be rejected by God. But today I wanted to kind of keep going further and talk and understand the purpose of rejection. So some of you may not think that um, being rejected has a purpose, but it does. And I will show you throughout the scripture um, the importance of um, rejection and the sovereignty of God as he's doing things um, with um, rejection as a tool. So first I want to thank God for allowing um, us to grow in the word of God and thank my husband um, who is uh, recuperating from surgery and me being his help me. Um, I'm here to share the word of God, but normally he's up here. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> Praise God. But just as a representation of his wife, um, pastor Rasan, we thank you. We love you and praying that you get better. Um, the Lord says and the word says that it is not good for a man that he should be alone, but he should have a helper. And, and that's who I am. I am his helper. And so we will move along and get in a clear understanding um, of rejection. So that sounds like a sh- strange topic, but I tell you, we're going to learn um, more about it. As humans, often um, we can't fully understand why we may go through rejection. But you have to understand that um, God judges the motives and intents of others. And we can't look at someone sometimes and make a determination. You may, even like what a mate, you may see someone and say, oh, that's perfect guy for me. Oh, it works good. And then you deal with rejection. It's like, why, why are these rejecting me? What's going on? Not meant to be. <laughs> and God has another plan. But at times we internalize that and we shouldn't internalize that. Everything has a purpose. Yes, even rejection has a purpose. Let me show you this. So, these are like the ten most poisonous animals or creatures in the world. So, when you run up on a spider, it's not like you're going to go and pet it. Naturally, you feel something inside of you that would make you want to reject that and not um, go near it. And that's something that God has just placed inside of us. Minutes, and then there are things that we look upon it and we see it as beautiful, and then we want to touch it. But when it's poisonous, it's deception. So um, that would be called a wolf in sheep's clothing. So you think it's a sheep, but when you really get close to it or even interact with it, you realize it really was a wolf. So that's deception. And, you know, God is not about deception. So clearly he shows us when something you feel like, hey, I don't think I need to be near that. I don't need to touch that. I need to get away from that. That is the spirit of the Lord. Amen? Mm-hmm. And I think we've we kind of clear understanding. I think there was a, um, I think it was one, I can't remember what it was. we almost at, at number one that I wouldn't have thought that. I was like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> I forgot which one it was. But just naturally, um, you have to understand that there's purpose um, behind things that we, you know, feel that we should kind of get away from. And so we're going to learn a little bit more about that, and then the jellyfish. So you would think that's cute too as well. So that's all I wanted to show you. So everything has a purpose, even rejection has a purpose. And so we're going to go through the scriptures and we'll see how God uses rejection for his glory. Remember, I spoke on the, that Jesus was rejected. Let's go there. First, um, Peter. You guys ready to learn the word of God? Amen. Amen. All right. First, Peter, chapter 2. So, first, Peter, chapter 2, verse 4 says, Come to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. So rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect precious, and who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a stone of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. So the cornerstone, the cornerstone is the first stone set in construction in masonry. So if you don't have the cornerstone, you really can't erect anything. It can't be built. It will be rejected. It's going to fall down. So you can see, even in that, the sovereignty of God, because He is not going to allow something to be built without Christ. So if you reject the most important stone, then the foundation will not last. So even if it's another ministry, religion, whatever, if they're rejecting the, the cornerstone, they won't last. It's not stable, and it's not a good thing. Jesus experienced rejection of men, but, as the scripture says, that it was precious in the sight of God. Has anyone else ever experienced rejection before? Amen. <laughs> I want you to know there's purpose. There's purpose behind the rejection. And I'm telling you, we're going to go through the scripture and you're going to understand. So let's review some individuals who dealt with rejection. Whether it's rejection of God or rejection of man. We will learn that rejection by man or human is protection from God. So rejection by man is protection from God. So you're going in a certain direction. The door is closed. And you're trying to figure out, hey, you know, why didn't this work out? Later on, God will show you why it didn't work out, why you were rejected. So let's look at God's rejection of King Saul. Let's turn to 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 15. 1 Samuel chapter 15 Amen. Amen. Amen Praise God God help me to explain this as you've given it to me Lord So 1 Samuel chapter 15 verse 16 Then Samuel said to Saul Be quiet First of all, Samuel is a prophet, and he's talking to a king, and he's saying, be quiet. That's boldness. (laughs) You got to see the boldness in this, you know. And I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. So boldness has rose up in Samuel, and he's speaking to a king, and he said to him, speak on. So Samuel said, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? Point blank. God has asked you to do something. Why didn't you do it? And then his response, And Saul said to Samuel, but I have, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me. I brought back Agag, king of Amalek, and I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took the plunder, sheep, and oxen, the best of the things, which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice to the Lord your God and Gilgal. So his response is to put it on the people. Instead of owning up to what he didn't do, which was obey the voice of God, so disobedience brings God's rejection. So we look at verse twenty-two, and this is Samuel reply to Saul: As the Lord as, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offering and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. Sin brings God's rejection, practicing sin, continuously disobeying. So Saul says he kind of feared the people. Um, In verse 24, then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord, your God, and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me that I may worship the Lord. So he's saying he feared the people. So he feared the people more than he feared God. In leadership, you can't be concerned about the people and allow the people to lead you, but you more must be more concerned about God Amen. Mm-hmm. and what God says. Mm-hmm. So you see right then and there a lack of leadership. So he had to be rejected because he didn't show the qualification of a leader. So God had to remove him out of that position and the sovereignty of God that God knows the end from the beginning, He knows the destiny and what He's planning or doing. So sometimes He has to move people. Proverbs 29 and 25 says, The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. So our trust should be in God and not in man. There was no really no repentance um, from Saul. He basically, um, verse 25, Now therefore please pardon my sin and return with me, that I may worship the Lord. Okay, let's just get back to the normal routine. Let's just go back to what we're used to doing. No, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do this. I'm not gonna do this again. No. It's just whatever. Pardon my sin, and I'm gonna continue. And this is not the this is this is actually the second time, you know, of disobedience from Saul. And then Samuel is in a position of trying to almost like intercede to keep Saul in his position, but God is rejecting him. And he had to reject him because of the predestination of that line and what needed to take place. So he had to be removed. So God has purpose behind rejection. He does. He has to move people to get his purpose done. And he will do that, oftentimes. So, and you see that He moves Saul and he appoints David. So you will see one move and one put in position. But David has a history of being rejected as well. But he is being rejected in a different way. He's not being rejected of God, but he's rejected of his family. So how does a person who's dealing with rejection which sometimes it's, is internalized and you feel rejected by a family member and so it causes you to grieve and it causes you to be depressed, how can you become a king when you're full with all that? I can tell you. Because he said, when my mother and my father forsake me, then the Lord will lift me up. Amen. He drew closer to God in his rejection. Because rejection has purpose. Because despite being rejected from his family, God became all in all to him. Let's turn there. Psalm 29, 27. Someone say, um, well, you know, um, my dad abandoned me. And I wasn't raised by my father. Well, praise God. There was purpose in that. God knew. Well, my mom wasn't there. My grandmother raised me. Well, praise God. God knew. There's purpose. There's a reason for rejection. But you cannot internalize it. You cannot make it about you. Psalms 27, verse 9 says, 27 and 9, Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me. Now, this, now he's talking to God. He is more concerned about God than he is about family members. Who is he saying? Do not leave me nor forsake me. That's who I don't want to leave me. Don't you reject me, God. I don't care if my husband rejects me, my mother rejects me, my children reject me, but don't you forsake me, God. Oh, get it people God is good oh. he said oh God of my salvation when my mother when my father and my mother forsake me then the Lord would take care of me that's how he didn't eternalize all of that rejection from his family because when he was out there working in the fields, he was spending time with God he was enjoying God's presence so let's look at it. We're going to look right at it. Let's go to, back to um, 1 Samuel. First Samuel, we're going to start with verse... Um, and we're going to start um 16. And I'm going to start at, at 1. Alright, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him for reigning over Israel? I'm going to stop there for a moment. How long will you mourn for someone that God has rejected? How long will you mourn for someone that is rejected out of your life? You cannot allow that. You cannot stay in that place. You've got to believe and trust in God. If that rejection has occurred, you let it go. Do not internalize that. Do not internalize that pain. Because it is pain. When God says something is done, it's done. And Saul was being removed. And there was no more to be done. And Samuel was grieving him. And it was causing depression and sadness within him. But God had said, hey, come on, we got to move on. You know, he's disobedient, he's not listening, he's not doing what he's supposed to do, so someone else has been chosen. And and a lot of times, you know, I've been there where I've mourned for people and wanted them to be a part of my life, and I've mourned for them, and I I wanted relationship with them, and, and, and they would reject me, and I would still go back and try to be close to them, and then they would reject me again, and then I dealt with the pain of it, and I'm like, you know, God, what's going on? Well, how long are you going to mourn for them? How long are you going to keep trying to put them in your life when I'm saying no? It's going to mess up your destiny. They're not a part of where I'm taking you. And it's okay. Seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel, fill your horn with oil and go. And I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said... How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, Take a heifer with you, and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me the one I named to you. So Samuel did what the Lord said, and went to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, did you come peacefully? And he said, "Peacefully. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice." Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So it was, when they came and he looked, Eliab and said, "Surely the Lord's anointed is before him." But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see a man, does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So good, guys. Sometimes we're looking at someone, okay, this is the person, that's the person. Even when you're dating, okay, this is the person I want to be with, that's the person. And then it doesn't work out and you say, well, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to try to make it work. No. God is looking at the person's heart. He knows who you're supposed to be with, when it's a mate, whatever that may be, God knows. So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shama pass by. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. Seven. Seven sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are all the young men here? Then he said, There remains yet the youngest, and there he is, keeping the sheep. That's rejection, guys you you are told to bring all your children bring all your boys and you don't bring all your sons you leave one out you leave him out it doesn't matter the age some scripture said it's because he was young it doesn't matter it didn't say just bring the older ones it said bring your sons so how would David deal with that knowing that he's rejected well, David's out there worshiping the Lord, so. <laughs> so, so he's doing just fine. So that's how you deal with rejection. You stay in God's presence. You're not paying them no attention. It's like, okay, you don't want me there? Sure, okay, sure. I'm going to go spend time with God. I'll be all right. And that's what he did. But even in that, God honors that. God honors his time with God, and God puts him at the front. And Because let's keep going here. All right. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. So that's honor. They're not going to sit down until he comes. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. So in the midst of his brothers. He's rejected by them, but God allows him to be elevated in the midst of his brothers. Right there, so that they can see. You threw me out there, you left me out there, but God elevates me. You don't have to elevate yourself. You don't have to do anything. You have to worship God, so you do have to do something. Let's just spend time with God. (laughs) But God will elevate you. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David, from that day forward, praise God. praise God. So when God rejects a thing, we have to accept the sovereignty, which is the supreme power of God. Um, we have to, um, accept what he's doing and do not internalize rejection. Um, I remember, um, at a job, um, they all had offices and I was trying to get my office and then I asked the, um, person I said so where are we going she said well I don't know where you're going but we're going over here and you don't have a place <laughs> but I took it internally and I was like oh oh, that just cuts so I'm not accepted no I wasn't because God had no plan in his plan for me to stay there Amen. so sometimes you know that rejection just moves you to the next position that you're supposed to when you're trying to fit in and be a part of a clique sometimes it's not meant for you to be a part of that clique That you need to move on. And God will show you where you need to go. Amen. Amen. So there were seven sons as you saw. And then you saw that the Lord selected David. And David didn't internalize the rejection. And none of us should internalize rejection. But we should spend time with God. And grow in the things of God. Now Saul internalized rejection. So Saul did what I'm saying you shouldn't do. So Saul was rejected, and he rejected David. So you hear that saying, hurting people hurt people. There you go. So we're going to go over that, we're going to get an understanding of what was going on with Saul, um, you know, because he, he struggled. And he struggled because of his disobedience. Um, instead of him repenting and changing, no. He just wanted to pick up, keep going, act like nothing happened. No big deal. I don't care. I'm moving on. No. So when we turn to 1 Samuel, we're already there, 16, and I'm going to go to 14. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. So Saul was rejected by God because of his sin and his disobedience. And a period of time, you will see that David comes there to be with Saul. It was, you know, i got to go through all of that with uh, David um, and Goliath. And David comes and he he does this mighty thing and standing up in courage. And so then he's already appointed and just placed in position. So he's just right there ready. God sets this whole thing up. So let's turn to 1 Samuel 18. 1 Samuel 18 verse 12. Now Saul was afraid. Of David because the Lord was with him but he had departed from Saul therefore Saul removed him from his presence and made his captain and made him captain over a thousand and he went out and came in before the people and David behaved wisely in all his ways and the Lord was with him. And that's the key, guys. This is what we want. The Lord was with him. You know, like I said before, anyone can reject you, but when God is with you, it's more than than anyone, than a thousand, if you have God on your side. Therefore, when Saul saw that he behaved very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David, because he went out and came in before them. Amen. So you see, as I mentioned, Saul is rejected and then he is dealing with jealousy um, towards David because he sees the favor of God on David. So let's turn to verse, um, chapter 19, just one over, just switch it right over. So... Um, 1 Samuel 19, and verse 9. Now the distressing spirit from the Lord came upon Saul as he sat in his house with his spear in his hand. And David was playing music with his hand. Then Saul sought to pin David to the wall with the spear, but he slipped away from Saul's presence. And he drove the spear into the wall. So David fled and escaped that night. So you go from. Disliking this kid. Disliking David. To wanting to kill him. Because you internalize that rejection. And that anger with yourself. And with others. And now you become abusive. So. He is becoming abusive now. He wants to kill him. So, rejection is God's protection. He's showing him, he's rejecting him, and David knows he's got to get away from him. So when I hear people talk about they were in a church for so long and the pastor did this to them and the pastor did that to them, I'm not going to say they heard from God with that. Because rejection is God's protection. You got to know when it's time to go. Didn't mean to rhyme. You got to know when it's time to go. (laughs) But you do. You got to know. And when someone's abusive towards you, there's nowhere in the scripture where you see that David just just stayed. No. He fled. It's time to go. You in an abusive relationship, in a marriage, it's time to go. It's time to go. You're being rejected. It's time to go. Rejection is God's protection. So you don't allow that. You don't stay. You go. Amen? Amen. So 1 Samuel 20, and this is um, 1B, the latter part, I want to just look at that. And David says, what have I done? What is my iniquity? And what is my sin before your father that he seeks my life? That's pain. That's pain right there, guys. You can't really get it. But just think about it, when you feel rejected and you like, what's wrong? What's wrong with me? What have I done? Am I not the right color? What's wrong with me? You know, it's because I'm a female. What's wrong with me? But like I said earlier, David learned what to do, which is to get in God's presence. And just find the embrace and find the love from God and move on. What have I done? Did I not serve you faithfully? What's wrong? What more can I do? Well, there's no more you can do for Saul. Because Saul has a distressing spirit on him. So there's nothing you can do. So you can't be the perfect person for him. Because even in your perfection, you're going to make him angry. (laughs) It's going to do what make him more jealous of you. So when you find someone just rejecting you, rejecting you. Guys, you got to get this. It's okay to leave. It's okay to not be connected with people that don't fit with you. It's all right. But don't leave God. Amen. Don't leave God. Amen. But people, you yeah. got to leave them. Amen. And it's okay. You know, David goes from being rejected by his, his mother, his father, his brothers, and then he gets Saul, who like <clears throat> picks him up after um, the whole situation with Goliath. And it's like, he probably felt great Finally, somebody accepts me. This is cool. I'm accepted in, you know. This is really good. And it probably felt good to him. And he probably, like, you know, wanted to relax and say, you know what? This is what I've always wanted, like a big daddy, you know what I mean? You know, Jonathan, I love your dad. He treats me so good. He lets me come over here. This is so cool. The next thing, it just turns. But the good thing about David is that he knew. Being out there in the field, taking care of the sheep, he knew about God. So he knew what to go right back to. I've been here before. I do not experienced this rejection before. So he had to just get himself together and get back in God's presence. And then God would use that rejection and put him in the position that he wanted him to be in. So David had a future. And God was protecting that future. And allowing him to go through rejection so that he can move. It's almost like a little pyramid to me, or or, or, a puzzle, or a maze. You're walking and you're not quite sure which way to go as you continue to walk. And then you bump up against a wall, which is rejection, that tells you to move. That's the, you know, you say, well, I need to hear from God. I need to hear from God. God, tell me what to do. Well, the man took a spear and threw it at you and tried to pin you against a wall... Time to go, time to go, and then when I hear, and I do hear people, well, you know, I, I just love my pastor, and, you know, and, and, and the pastor becomes abusive towards them, um, I think recently um, Stephen, uh, Kevin Smith in Jamaica, um, this pastor, did some sacrifices and killed some people, how can you sit under that and feel like it's okay? And You know, if you have a relationship with God, you know that men are just men, mere men. And if they're doing something that goes against the word of God, you get away from that. You don't sit under that. Amen? That's right. Amen. Amen. So, let's turn to 1 Samuel 20 and 28. 20 and 28, so Jonathan, which is Saul's son, answered Saul, David earnestly asked permission of me to go to Bethlehem, and he said, please let me go, for our family has a sacrifice in the city, and my brother has commanded me to be there, and now, if I have found favor in your eyes, please let me get away and see my brother's. Therefore, he has not come to the king's table. Then Saul's anger was aroused against Jonathan, and he said to him, You son of a perverse, rebellious woman, do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse lives on the earth, you shall not be established, nor your kingdom. Now, therefore, send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die. Then Jonathan answered Saul his father and said to him, Why should he be killed? What has he done? Then Saul cast a spear at him to kill him, by which Jonathan knew that it was determined by his father to kill David. So he's going in behalf of David and trying to help out, talking to his dad, and his dad goes berserk on him too. He throws a spear at him, going to kill him too. So you say you got a bad boss? David had a bad boss. <laughs> so I mean, really, you know. And, and you know, Jonathan is trying to help. Jonathan is put in a position. Um, despite David, as Saul said, moving Jonathan out of his position and David becoming king, he's not thinking about all of that. You know, you know, God did that. God set up that relationship um, with them so that he could be protected. That's all it was. It was a protection from God because he needed that. He needed that protection because of what was going on with Saul. I had a co-worker like that at one of my jobs. I had a really difficult boss, and um, the co-worker was just... Taking care of stuff, even when I didn't even know that the co worker was taking care of things, she just took care of stuff, and um, it was like, wow, <laughs> I just can't even describe how God used her. Um, things that I didn't even know about, it never even got to me. She just take care of. It. When they try to, you know, do me wrong, give me more stuff, more work, she move it, and I'm like. It was the sovereignty of God. It was God. And it allowed me to stay in that position for a period of time because of her and what God was doing um, with her. Um, 41 of 1 Samuel 20 says, um, as soon as the lad had gone, so they had a signal between each other, between Jonathan and David, so that um, Jonathan could let David know, you know, whether or not he needed to flee. Because his dad was really serious and was going to try to harm him. So he's going to give him a signal and it was with an arrow and let it know. So Jonathan is letting David know you need to go. You need to get away. So verse 41, as soon as the lad had gone, David arose from a place toward the south, fell on his face to the ground and bowed down three times. And they kissed one another and they wept together. So this is not like no romantic kiss. This is a death, you, you get ready to die. So you, you, he's emotional. Um, he's emotional. I, I'm pretty sure he loved um, saw. I'm pretty sure he did. And like I said, this is another rejection for him. And like I said, if anybody ever dealt with rejection, rejection doesn't feel good. It hurts. Mm-hmm. It really does hurt. And he's hurting right now. He's hurting really bad. Because, you know, like I said, you've been rejected by your family, your brothers. then you think, okay, great, cool, I got a new family. Y'all don't worry about y'all. And then they reject you. And it's like, oh, you know, where do I go now? And I, when you read it, it just makes you want to cry. Um, then Jonathan said to David, go in peace. Since we have both sworn in the name of the Lord, saying, May the Lord be between you and me and between your descendants and my descendants forever. And and David honors that um, between your descendants and my descendants forever. Later on, you'll see in the scripture, even after Jonathan dies, um, David still honors that. He's just a man of God. If you read, he's just a man of God. And he's a man that has gone through stuff. So I like to read the scriptures because, you know, a lot of times, you know, people think that in the Bible, no one went through anything. But that's not true. People go through abuse. People go through being rejected. You know, I deal with people who parents reject them. Mother uh, physically abuses them. Sexually abuses them. How do you deal with all that? Well, you you, you move. You get away from it as soon as you can. And, and the thing about David too, um, 1 Samuel, and you don't have to um, turn there, 22 and 3, David still tries to take care of his mother and father. Even after they rejected him, when he got in a position, he sent back word for them to be put in safety. So that's a forgiving heart. And you will see that in the scripture. Like I said, that's 1 Samuel 22 and 3. Um, That he's, you know, please let my father and my mother come here with you till I know what God would do for me. Still protecting them. Now, not taking it personally. Well, you rejected me, but you rejected me, but your rejection, you know, was allowed by God for the glory of God, for what God was doing in my life. Well, we continue to look through the scriptures. You have to understand, you know, rejection can be used by God and rejection can be used by the enemy as well. So, remember, your family's rejection is not God's rejection. And just as God uses rejection, the devil uses rejection to try to stop the purpose of God within your life. But you, if you do not internalize that rejection and that you go close to God, the enemy can't use it as a tool. He can't. He can't use it as a tool. Let's turn to Genesis 37. Hang in there with you guys. Genesis 37. So we saw how David uh, was rejected by his father. Now we're going to see a person who is accepted by his father and loved by his father. But it also didn't produce the best for this person. So we're going to see kind of the flip opposite is what I'm going to do right now. So Genesis 37. Genesis 37 says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. All right, so David was left outside. And then Israel, he's loving Joseph. Um, Excuse me, I may have said David. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. So here we got the opposite here. Now he has someone that is loved by the dad and presented in front of the brothers, (laughs) and which is producing rejection in another way, where the rejection is coming from the brothers now. And so we keep going. um, I'm going to turn to verse 5. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. So he just keeps going. He's not picking up on the fact that they don't like him and then he's telling them a dream and they're disliking him even more. So, so how does he respond to the rejection? And so He was, of course you know, I'm not going to read all that, he was thrown in a pit, he was sold into Egypt, and then he goes and he becomes like the the head man um, in Egypt, right up on the Pharaoh, and he moves up very quickly. But he was rejected by his brothers. Um, They took his tunic, they filled it with blood, they gave it to his dad, told his dad he was killed by an animal, and then they sold him off and they got rid of him. (laughs) So... That's a lot of abuse. That's abuse. That's rejection to the to the to the highest extent. And how would you forgive siblings who have done this to you, who have um, gotten rid of you in this fashion? But he does. He does. He he does forgive them. He forgives them, and he forgives them as a process. He continuously forgives them. He forgives them, and then he sees them, and then he has to deal with the hurt again, and then he forgives them again, and then he kind of gives them a test, Um, and then he continues on. Let's turn to Genesis 50. I'm going to go to verse 15. And he does forgive them, and you'll see that throughout the scriptures, he forgives them. And um, he, like I said, a little test because you can forgive someone, but trust. He had to regain trust with them. Can I trust you again? So he uses his his younger brother and um, tries to see whether or not he can gain trust with Benjamin. And then he he feel, figures out, okay, all right, I can trust these guys. I'm gonna let them back in. So, um, Genesis 50 and verse 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, Perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. And, And that's going to happen sometimes. Like when people do stuff to you and you're not thinking about them, but they're scared of you because they know they did you wrong. So you just got to reassure them that you forgave them. No, I'm not holding that against you. We're good. But they're afraid because they know they did something to you, that they had no business doing to you. But you just reassure them that, look, I forgave you. You pray to God forgive you, and we move on. So they sent messengers to Joseph, saying, Before your father died, he commanded saying, 'Thus Thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin. For they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of God, of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. And as I said, forgiveness is a process. You can see he's just constantly going, you know, but he's moving each time in the right direction and forgiving them of what they did. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. So that goes back to the dream that he had, that he told his brothers about. I saw you, it was like she's and you were bowing down to me. And they were like, What? What do you mean? <laughs> but see, God is is so good in the sovereignty of God, like I said, the long later on your future. You know, when God is speaking and showing us something, you something way down the road. And so you gotta trust God with your future. So, when it's sometimes when God rejects a person and does not want them in your life because it can affect your future. Mm-hmm. So, you got you to accept that. That can be a loved one, that can be a sibling, that can be a child. But you got to trust God because he knows what's best. Verse 19 Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid, for I am in the place of God. For am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, in order to bring it about as it is this day, to save many people. So, rejection has purpose. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. He had a plan, even in the midst of that. He had a plan. He had a plan when Jesus was crucified. They rejected him and he forgave them right on the spot. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Amen. There's a plan. There's a plan. And and what we see, we're finite. You know, we 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 see small, we see little stuff. We don't see the whole big picture, but God sees the big picture. He sees who you're gonna connect with and why you're gonna connect with that person and what this person is. And when someone is rejected and, and rejecting you and you need to get them out of your life, you've called them on the phone and they won't respond to you, accept that. You keep calling and you keep calling and you leaving messages and they're not responding. It's okay. Go spend time with God. Call God. <laughs> yeah. Dial him up. <laughs> Don't waste your time. Dial him up. Amen. You know, go spend time with God. Don't worry about that find that person that, that is gonna die like a vapor. Yes. <laughs> you know, you know, go spend time with God and God'll mend whatever that is. God mends the broken pieces. The God of reconciliation. He'll put things back together, but don't waste time. Your time should be spent more wisely And as as they said that David was wise, and spending time with God. Yes, have we all? Have we been rejected? We all have been. But when you think about it, it's for the good. Mm-hmm. It's a purpose behind it. There is purpose behind rejection. Don't internalize rejection. And I'm almost done. Um, I just want us to turn to Acts. Um, because you, you, I, I need you to see that there have been so many people in the Bible that have been rejected. You are not alone. You're not by yourself. A mighty men of God have been rejected. But they don't internalize it because they spend time with God. They accept God. God's love and they go to God. So Acts 7, verse 35 says, Acts chapter 7, verse 35. This Moses whom they rejected, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge? Is the one God sent to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. He brought him out after he had shown wonders and signs in the land of Egypt, in the Red Sea, and in the wilderness for 40 years. So Moses was rejected. David was rejected. Joseph was rejected. Jesus was rejected. Amen? And let's turn to Acts, um, right right over Acts chapter um, 8. Now this is Saul who became Paul. And we're in the New Testament. Now Saul was consenting to his death. At that time a great persecution arose against the church which was at Jerusalem, and they all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles and devout men, carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. So here you can see rejection and persecution is taking place, and it causes the people to disperse. So another purpose of rejection which they got, from gathering together, that they separated out. Acts 23. Acts chapter um, 23. And this is um, Paul again. Acts 23. Um, Acts um, 23, verse 11. But the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul. For as you have testified of me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness in Rome. That's God's acceptance. Be of good cheer. And then verse 12 is complete rejection of men. And when it was day, some of the Jews band together and bond themselves under an oath, saying that they would neither eat nor drink till they killed Paul. And that's some serious rejection there. They don't get it. But God made a way of an escape, as you continue to read in 23, and that was through um, his nephew, who went back and gave word, his sister's um, son. We can't consume ourselves or worry about the rejection of men. But we must spend our time looking for the acceptance of God. There is purpose, as I mentioned, in rejection. No matter what you've gone through, what you've experienced, and what you have to do, is give that to God. And you have to forgive. You have to to go through the process, as you saw with Joseph, who gave, who forgave over and over and over and over again. You just keep doing it. So when someone says, I forgave, it's not a one-time deal. It never will be a one-time deal. Maybe something that someone does that brings back a memory, you forgive again. You forgive again. It's like, Peter, how many times God, should I forgive my brother? Seven times? Seven. <laughs> Amen. And then Acts um, 13, this is my last scripture, and then I'm going to stop here. Um, Acts 13, we're going to start at 42, and then we're ending, um, Acts 13, 42, so when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout postulates followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, almost a whole city came together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy. And basically, you have Paul, who's rejected by the Jews, and now talking to the Gentiles. So once again, you can see how rejection was used in a positive way. Back at verse 45, But when the Jews saw the multitude, they were filled with envy, contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul and Barnabas were bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it, and you judge yourself unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Another way that rejection became a tool of God, when you have the Gentiles receiving the gospel now, because the Jews rejected it. And what a wonderful gift that was given. Amen? Amen. 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 And that's the end of it. Praise Amen. God. Praise God. And I pray we all have a different perspective of rejection. Don't internalize it. Don't internalize it. Spend time with God. You don't want God to reject you. Reject you but man will reject you. And you move on from that. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm.